Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Is China committing food terrorism? I've never heard of this term. But, um, you know, we've been watching the tensions escalate continuously between China and Canada. You know, we've seen them cancel canola exports. Then just last week, uh, China arbitrarily blocked imports of Canadian meat uh, following what they called a discovery of an additive that's uh, banned in China, which is a load of baloney. Because when Canadian food inspection officials asked to look at the paperwork, well, the paperwork was inauthentic, so that's why the RCMP has been called in to investigate. But I think what's clear is that China is playing hardball, and I don't think they'll hesitate to hurt us where it counts to make their point and also to get what they want. And make no mistake, cutting off our meat and canola and agricultural exports is a massive hit. It's billions to Canada's bottom line. So mucking around with it is a great way to get revenge. And, you know, back in 2017, Canada and China signed an agreement that both countries wouldn't hack. It's amazing that you need an agreement for this, but you wouldn't hack one another's business and trade secrets. And while I think most will assume Canada's pl- playing by those rules, the question is, is China? Let's ask. John Keo is a managing principal at Chantala Incorporated, and welcome. Uh, looking into your expertise, you your expertise is in the supply chain, and you advise governments and agencies from around the world. What is food terrorism? I've never heard this term. Well, uh, thank you for having me, Alex. Uh, if I take a step back and I look at the broader framework, I like to put it into a framework so people can have a grasp of, of where, which bucket this may fall into. So we have four main pillars of the food system that we look at, and one is uh, food safety. So uh, is it a food safety issue? And if we determine that it's not a food safety issue, we move over to the second bucket, which is food fraud. And then that's where you do the investigative process. And at that point, like the Canadian Food Inspection Agency would bring in, if they find a fraud, they find criminal activity, then they will bring in enforcement agency, local, regional, or, or national police that's where you have a sort of a handoff between the role of, uh, of CFIA uh, to the law enforcement agencies. But then if you move over into the third bucket, which is called food defense, or often called food terrorism, this is an area that's a little bit more complex, and it's outside of the scope typically of CFIA. Of course, they would be involved, but this is outside of the scope of CFIA, and it would, it would incorporate more departments uh, in the government, and certainly to investigate uh, if it's a food defense or food terrorism issue, you would need to have RCMP and, of course, our spy agencies, uh, CSIS, involved. The fourth bucket is food security. Now, food security is not the security of the shipment. It's the ongoing supply of safe, affordable and nutritious food to meet consumers' needs. So essentially, uh, that's a policy-related issue. And if you look at what's going on, we can safely say, now I'm going out on a limb here, but I can, I, I'm comfortable saying that the canola issue is a food security issue. Mm-hmm. So that's in that bucket. So we know that China has a doesn't, doesn't, does not want to be dependent on other countries. China was dependent on Canada for canola. But China has uh, changed its own policy internally, and it's developing its own farmers. 
Plus, two years ago, I think there was a signal to the Canadian government that we need to stop the canola shipments. So I think the canola one we can put over into the food security bucket. It has been telegraphed for a number of years. And in fact, I believe the sales, uh, the exports to China for canola was actually decreasing. Uh, at the same time, China's was China was ramping up its imports of palm oil from other sources. I'm not sure if we were aware of what China was doing. So in other words, uh, the warning signs were there. The Canadian government ignored it. Well, I mean, the, the, and again, I, because you're saying two years, it would put the Trudeau government. Did the, did the Trudeau government take their eye off of the, the signs that China was finding other avenues to get what they needed? There's a policy document that came out just uh, mid last week, in fact, in Ottawa by one of the think tanks called CAPI, C-A-P-I. And they pointed clearly towards the Canadian government uh, giving a false sense of security to the canola farmers in Canada Jeez. by not looking at what's going on. So that's the CAPI document that came out last week. And I think I would recommend that people look at that and look at uh, how this was telegraphed over the years. This is not related to what happened last December and the political tensions related to uh, to, to Huawei. Uh, obviously, there's tensions going on in the background, mm-hmm. but this was, this was telegraphed uh, for a long time. Now, if we go fast forward to to today, there's uh, we know that um, the current issue with with meter there they found racotamine allegedly in uh, pork from Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding is it was on a pork tongue, and I believe that that supplier does not supply pork tongues to China. So, what's normal in this this process is that the Canadian government will be informed. They should get a sample or, or, or an example of, uh, of the product that was tested mm-hmm. so that they can do the testing here in Canada. Of course, the Canadian uh, uh, Food Inspection Agency will go to that farm, go to that producer and do their own inspections and see if they can find evidence of, uh, of uh, fraud. Um, Canadian government found the 188 fake documents. Mm-hmm. How did they get there? Right. There is a risk, of course, that we have a bad actor in Canada. There's always a risk of that. But, the, but again, the, those warnings have been there for a very long time and ignored, not just by this government, but I think by several government that whether it's espionage or just bad actors, they've been here for a long time planting the seeds. Exactly. And in fact, just last week again, CSIS warned that, uh, warned that uh, hacking into Canadian uh, government or, or industry is, uh, is increasing. Yeah. So we have to look at, uh, is this a food fraud issue where we have a bad actor in the Canadian supply chain? Do we have a bad actor in the Chinese supply chain, which is more likely, uh, where they're replicating the Canadian brand and putting in uh, products that are from other sources and making them look like they're Canadian? This, This happens on a regular basis in China. Sure. I mean, it creates a chaos. We already know farmers in this country are trying to figure out what they're going to plant in place of canola now because they've got to recover and recoup costs. And and you can't just, if you're a farmer, turn things on a dime. It doesn't work like that. But I have to think, well, let me ask you this. If you were advising this government on what it should be doing or, or what you see coming, what would that, uh, you know, what would the advice look like? Well, I'll go back to when I was advising the New Zealand government uh, a number of years ago, and uh, there was a risk of uh, botulism. So botulism was found in uh, milk powder. Right. The Chinese government used what's called the precautionary principle. The precautionary principle states that if there's any risk uh, to human health and safety within their jurisdiction, that they, they, they use the discretionary measure, measure to stop all shipments coming in. Now, at the time, I believe about 90% of the milk powder going into uh, China was from New Zealand. It was about 200 brands, so it was quite significant. 
And the impact of that, of stopping that shipment, was 0.4% of uh, New Zealand's GDP. Sure. So you're talking about a significant chunk of change there, right? So, But the, the minister responsible for international trade from New Zealand said, we agree with China, they did the right thing. The precautionary principle was the right thing because botulism is a serious issue. And we, we found it on both sides. Now, here's the difference. New Zealand uh, found the issue and their, their ministry, their, their technical experts, their laboratories determined that it was botulism and there was a risk. Canada is not in that same position right now. Canada does not have, as far as I know, Canada does not have the samples which says that there's racotamine in products from, from Canada. If we did, we could not only test for the presence of the, of the drug, but we could also test the, what we call a DNA fingerprint and see if the actual animal was raised in Canada. Right. The technology is there to be able to do that. So if, if I was advising them, I would say, you know, this don't don't take this personal. I know there's always this thing in the background with what went on in, in Vancouver. I know that's there. But if I can just bring you up to date with uh, 2017, um, Australia got all of their beef banned for six months. Right. And, and why was it banned? You think it was something small, but Australia just could not get their act together on labeling. And again, China has now, since 2015, when they brought out their new food safety law, they have zero tolerance. So I have a little bit of sympathy with what's going on here. They have zero tolerance. They look at the precautionary principle where if there's any risk determined by science, then they'll just shut it down. So I'm seeing this happening before. Mm-hmm. My my suggestion to the Canadian government, to the Chinese government, is let's work together to figure this out. All right, John, I'm slightly terrified, uh, but very fascinated with this topic. So I'm glad uh, I read about it because I've just uh, it's a whole new avenue to look at. Thank you very much. I appreciate you very much uh, sharing your expertise. No problem. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me here on Point on Global News Radio.